Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, thanks for hanging out with us today. We're going to chat with someone at the top of their category, an elite entrepreneur. We're going to talk about Ditch the Act with Ryan Fulland. Now, before we get started, please tell me, is it getting easier for you or perhaps tougher? You know, with everything going on in the world, the business world seems to be much fiercer than ever. Doesn't that seem right to you? Your competitors seem to be better. Even other job applicants seem to be superior. So what do we do? There's this insidious phrase out there that's crept into the world, and I personally don't like it. It's called fake it till you make it. But does that really work? Did you build a glorious business on that premise? I kind of don't think so. How about if you took the other approach? How about if you showed that you're willing, you're resilient, you're building your brand on a strong platform? Now, you probably thought right off the bat, how do I do that? We've all heard this buzzword of being authentic. What does it mean? How do we really use it well? And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at starting and growing a business. Meet Ryan Fulland. Ryan is known for his knack on making things simple and powerful. He helps people clarify their personal brand and shows them how to build it authentically. And there's so much more behind these simple words that I just said that I'm going to let Ryan tell all about it. Let's bring him on. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Ahoy, Tony. It's great to be here. Thank you. We're all learning. We're all learning and we're entrepreneurs. We're kind of student entrepreneurs, some of us. We all want to know how to take our business to the next level. And a lot of us, we've, we've got this in our brain. Fake it till we make it. And you're saying ditch the X. So I want to learn all about it. And just getting to know you a little bit, I've learned quite a bit. And I'm anxious and eager to share that. But before we do, Ryan, let's kind of take it from the beginning. How did it all start? What's your backstory? Well, some of my first memories are spending time on an island with my parents, and in particular, Catalina Island, which is an island just about 26 miles off the coast of Southern California. The thing is, my parents are educators. So every summer, we had the same routine, and everyone was off for the summer. And this was the best of times, but when I came home, it was the worst of times. Because as the only freckle-headed ginger in my community, I would leave every summer and I'd come back to all of my friends, or those that were my friends, and I'd have more freckles, bleach blonde hair, and I didn't hang out with them all summer. And I quickly became the outcast. And for me, trying to fit in was a big part of my youth. Um, I just didn't feel like I fit in. I wanted to fit in. One particular story, <laughs> it kind of scarred me, but I've taken the power from it. Basketball. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy, but I'm scrappy and I'm fast and I wanted to play basketball, but really iconically, I was the person that wasn't even the last pick. They just wouldn't pick me. They would play shorthanded <laughs> if, if they hadn't, if they didn't have enough people. And so I remember just being kind of sullen about 
that and moms are really good. And mom's like, well, what's wrong? She finally got it out of me that the kids don't want to play basketball with me. And she goes, we're going to sports chalet right now. This is when sports chalet was still in business. And I remember I saw it. It was this white special edition Michael Jordan ball. I'm like, this is the coolest ball ever. My mom helped me get it, brought it home. I annoyed them to no end practicing my dribbling so I wouldn't embarrass myself. Get to school. <laughs> I didn't realize until I got out of the car that the ball didn't fit in my backpack. So now I'm <laughs> at school with this white ball and I'm walking around. And so when it came to recess time, I was like super excited. I'm like, hey, I got a ball. Who wants to play basketball? And they were like, we already have a ball. Get lost. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember that moment. I just sort of was like, I realized just because you have a ball doesn't mean that you get to play in the game. And I had a friend, uh, Eduardo, who saw that I was just like, you know, with my ball. And he asked if his friends could use it as a soccer ball. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I ended up letting them play <laughs> soccer with it. I'm not good in soccer. And it was just like this moment. And I'm pretty sure uh, it, it really, it really shaped me. And, you know, this kind of not belonging continued to where at a certain point, I remember listening to don't worry, be happy in my room on repeat, trying to cheer myself up. And I locked the door to my room, my house, not allowed to lock doors. So my dad was like, doors locked. He thought something's wrong. He like just crashes it in. And there I am like crying. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, everybody's like, they just make fun of me. I can't play. And he's like, we're going to karate right now. <laughs> and so he was like, <laughs> literally grabbed me, went down to the local studio. And that's when my martial arts career started. Now I've been practicing on and off martial arts, but I learned a very interesting and valuable lesson, which, which I still use today. It's that you can't not communicate. And at the end of the day, your brand, who you are, how you show up is all how you communicate. And I realized that like, no wonder they didn't want to play with me. I was looked weak and I looked like uh, I wasn't, I didn't, didn't present myself well. So one of the first things that you learn in martial arts is horse stance and front stance and all these stances. And so I started to realize that like the way I carried myself actually impacted how people saw me. And so martial arts was aside from the fact that the kids that were trying to beat me up, they knew that I was getting trained to beat them up. And there's, you know, they, I, I became the ginger to not mess with. Right. But I think that story in itself really helped to serve me because I gained confidence with how I communicated. And I knew that even if I'm not speaking, I am still communicating. And I think we forget that. So ironically, fast forward to high school, senior year, I got voted by the same kids who wouldn't pick me for basketball to be their senior class president. And so, you know, it, I really came into my own. I think that's where I, I started to find that confidence. Now, flash forward, I thought I was made to be a Hollywood producer. I was like, you know, I, I thought that was it. I thought that I was made to make movies. And after I graduated from UCSB with a business degree and a dramatic arts degree, I lost all my money that I had saved doing internships, which I call broke turnships in Hollywood. I was at ABC Studios and Moo Productions and David E. Kelly and on the set and everything. And I'm like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be great. I literally got the classic slap on the shoulder you got some good energy, kid. Well, you'll get to make your decision 30 years. Wait, <laughs> excuse me, what? Is it 30 years later now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I lost all my money. 
And I just got a really bad taste in my mouth uh, from that whole business because it was just, it was, you have to have nepotistic ties or you have to put in the time. And I was like, I want to do something now. So I had a buddy that was uh, in the mortgage business. And that's when I got a taste of making real money. I remember I got my first $16,000 check and I was like, nice. this is literally mind blowing. And I remember my parents saying, save it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to make more. So I spent it. I bought a Mercedes <laughs> SL 500. I bought a red Rimini, Rimini red Range Rover with 22 inch Rimini red rims. Okay. Nice. I was so on it and I was spending it as soon as I got it. And I got caught up in this image and I really thought that like the things that I had equated to my value. And I was very humbled when 2008 happened because I had just left the company that I was making money with to start my own company. I got my own broker's license. I'm like, they're making money. I can make money. And literally overnight, everything changed. Didn't have the income. Ended up losing my house in foreclosure. Got both wow. my cars repossessed. I started driving my old Chevy truck back from, this, back from school. And the, this type of pattern of like boom and bust is something I think we all experience. But for me, it's happened over and over. And I only knew that success was tied with sort of like they take you seriously if, if they see if you'd like doing a nice car. And so I got caught up with a few business partners that weren't the best business partners because they saw my eagerness to want to belong. And I got taken advantage of. One ended up in an FCC investigation. Uh, I'm clear from, but that was a big drama. So, you know, life is full of all these ups and downs. And yeah. When I look back at it all, um, I, I was all over the place, but I was chasing that same thing I was on the playground. I was chasing to feel belonged. I wanted to be belonged. I wanted to be respected. And I thought that being a speaker was like the coolest thing. I thought I could speak about all these experiences. I was working with a company. I had a chance to speak in, in high schools. And I was just like, this is it. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to be a speaker. I know how to do it. I'll fake it until I make it. Ah. <laughs> Threw on the suit, wrote 50 blogs over a summer, got on all the social media, didn't know what I was doing, but I'm like, I'm just going to be on social media. I said, I'll speak for free because like, why not? Nobody read my blogs. <laughs> nobody cared about my social and nobody wanted me to speak. So serendipitously, I ended up um, at a role at a university and running an entrepreneurship center and used all of my experience to help students make less mistakes than I had. But I was still dealing with this like internal challenge of like, how do I become a speaker without faking that I'm a speaker because I'm not a speaker. And I got invited uh, accidentally to Keith Ferrazzi's house. He is the author of three or four books now, but two influential ones that changed the way I looked at networking, Who's Got Your Back and Never Eat Alone. Hmm. And he brought us into a room. He's got this like crazy house in the Hollywood Hills. There was literally somebody playing an oboe dressed in a cloud suit. And it was like the swankiest, hipsterest kind of cool thing ever. And I was like 10 years older than everyone. I was like, I felt kind of like an imposter. Keith brings us all into this room and he says, everybody put your phone away. I was like, oh gosh, something's going to happen. Everybody put their phone away. And he ended up ditching the act and explaining that things weren't as great as they might've seemed to be. And that he was having some challenges in his relationships some challenges with his kids. And all of us were like, Oh my gosh, is he, is he telling us this? 
and everybody, you could feel the sense of connectivity and everybody was like, whoa, we thought this guy had it together and he's actually more like we are than we thought. And he said, what's happening in this room is what he called is, uh, is radical candor. And he said, when you're honest with people, it creates a connection. And when you're honest with people, station, I have to do a station. Uh, what is it? Station identification. We're talking. Okay. We're talking about. We're talking with Ryan Follen about ditch the act, and you can find him at Ryan online. Now, Ryan, that's R Y A N dot O N L I N E. I know I was thrown too. It's like where's the dot com? There's no dot com. It's Ryan online, and now you have that in your head. We're going to go back to Ryan here, and he's going to tell us about ditch the act. Back to you. So there we are, a bit confused, but feeling just kind of an interesting energy in the room. And he said, when you grab your dinner plate, underneath it's going to be a number. And you're going to be assigned to one of these seven different places. He had like multiple fire pits. <laughs> and he said, at each group, there's going to be a proctor. And the proctor is going to prompt you with a question of, tell us what is going wrong professionally and personally. And he said, look, you're all here. You have a level of success. But you really connect with people when you share what's going wrong so that they can see how they can help. And this is like, oh my gosh, I was stressed about like trying to sort of build up how cool my lack of success was in the speaking industry. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I just had the, I have this opportunity where I can be real. So being the Toastmaster, I was the only one of the group that stood up when I spoke. <laughs> and I said, look, I want to be a speaker, but nobody wants to hire me. I want to understand social media, but I just don't get it. I, I don't have any following. I'm totally confused, uh, and I really am struggling. I need a lot of help. And I sat down. Wow. Everybody else goes. This other guy, he goes, he stands up, and, or he didn't stand up, and he goes, well, I've got 10 million-plus reads on my content. Everybody wants me to speak, I'm, you know, I'm this and social media and XYZ, and the girlfriend just dumped me. Oh. oh no. I was like, okay. So – I'm thinking, here's a guy who's got the social media thing figured out, but maybe he doesn't have the, the, the relationship thing. And the reason why he's turning down the speaking engagements is because he's not comfortable speaking. So I waited until everybody went. We had our dinner and we went on. I literally went up to him and I said, hey, I'm Ryan. I can help you out if you can help me out. And that is where um, basically the whole concept of ditching the act started to come to life. Ryan, now, is that when you realized that not only just ditch the act, but is that where you realized, hey, I can help other people. I can do this, maybe even do it as a business and help them grow. And no, no, no. I was just not focused yet. on myself. Yet. I was just focused on myself. Okay. <laughs> I was okay. just trying to get my stuff going. And I saw somebody who had the success that I wanted, and I saw that I could help him with some places that he could have success. And uh, I went to him, uh, the, I think a couple days later, and we met. And I said, how are you doing all this? And he's like, well, I'm building my brand. I said, well, how do I do that? He said, well, you're going to have to pay me. I was like, wait, I thought we were going to help each other. I was like, no, but it's going to cost. And I was like, so I literally scratched a check that I probably shouldn't have scratched because I, I, I didn't have the money. And he said, write down a list of everything that you're doing right now. So I wrote down, I'm writing blogs. I'm doing this. I'm on social media. I'm doing this. And he reviewed it for a couple of days and he came back and he said, you're doing all the right stuff, but you're doing it in the wrong order. Amazing. And, you know, I just want to comment on a couple things. First of all, when I lived in Los Angeles, 
I loved going to Catalina. It is so cool. I went there multiple times. I just wanted to comment because it's like, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. It is such a great place. If you're anywhere in the Los Angeles area, or if you're going to go anywhere in the Los Angeles area, it is a great place to go. You'll love it. You'll understand when you go there. And yeah. I also wanted to comment that I totally get where you were at the time where everything was just going great. I think we all have that at some point in our life. I think we're entrepreneurs. There's a time where things are just going great. I've had my SL 500 custom made. It is the best vehicle in the world. It's got massagers. <laughs> except, except, are you ready? You can't really take it across country and drive on and, and, uh, and go to the mountains and go to the forest and go to the terrain that I like to. So it's not really practical. So I think it worked out for you. Uh, the Range Rover is different perhaps, but, uh, but at least the SL 500, it's great. All we could ever do is go to the store, go to the restaurant, maybe go to the movies. You can't take it anywhere else. You even have to, you, you're so, uh, you've got this phobia about where you're going and the streets and all the ruts. And it's just, you just don't need that. So, so, I've been through that process, uh, you know, a little bit different. So I just wanted to comment on how sometimes as you're talking now about the person with the social media, sometimes you think it's the panacea. This is great. This is what I want. But no, it's not. And that's the whole point of this interview that I wanted to go. So I just wanted to kind of accent some of these points. I love where we're going on this. Back to you, Ryan. So when you realize that you're doing the right things, but you're doing them in the wrong order, it's both empowering, but frustrating. And here's one example. He said, you are trying to create blogs and post on social media, yet you don't have your own personal website. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And he was saying like, you always have to drive people to a certain place. And I know that now, if you want to find about Ryan online, you go to ryan.online, like it's a central hub, but I just didn't know that before. So he took me on as sort of a test pilot. And what we did is we created a course around how to build a brand with me going through the steps. And in that process, I learned that it's, it's a systematic way of making it easy for people to get to know you. Okay. Building a brand is not about showcasing all of the accolades and all the success and saying, this is my car and this is how amazing I am. I found that I started to connect with people when I started to let them get to know me. And this is a theme that I'll keep coming back to when you talk about authenticity. People like to do business with people. People don't like to do business with businesses, okay? And people like to do business with businesses who they know, like, and trust. So it all comes down to that human element. And so how do you really get somebody to get to know you if all you're doing is showing them the good or what I call the highlight reel? And so it's so easy to default into seeing everybody else post all their amazing things and thinking, well, I have to post all of the good stuff. I was talking with, a, with somebody the other day who was in a workshop and had a follow-up meeting and they're like, well, I, I post stuff whenever I get an award or I get traction on funding or I get this like that's worth sharing. But if you're only sharing things that you think people will like, that is not a highlight reel. It's a high like reel. And if you just get people to try to like you, oh, I like your car. Oh, I like your this. Oh, I like your that. It doesn't 
have the full picture because if you first get people to get to know you and as a result of your good, bad, and ugly, like, you know, that you're a full person, if they like that person, then it sets a foundation for trust. You can't download trust. You can't download loyalty. So what I encourage people to do is to create a highlight R-E-A-L, something that actually shares the good and the bad, shares the business with the family, shares what you like to do, sailing to Catalina, along with helping to talk about keynote speeches and stuff like that. So for me, the, the, the inciting incident, I love this concept because you can look at your life and there's those moments, those like actual pinnacle inciting moments. And I was trying to get more big stages, people that are paying 10, 20 grand a stage. And in order to get to that stage, no pun intended, people had to see you on the stages ahead of time. So you have to, the, the speaker conundrum is like the Hollywood conundrum. You need the gig to get the experience, but you need the experience to get the gig. So I lined up a keynote in Santa Barbara for this well-known company. There was going to be wow, five, 600 people there. It was a three camera shoot. It was a super professional setup. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to get my footage for the speakers reel so that then everybody else can see that I'm a speaker on the big stage. Super pumped. However, I'm in the green room and I feel a pimple crowning on my forehead. Now, I don't, I don't get pimples, okay? I remember driving up and being like, oh, that's something that's weird. But I literally looked at the mirror in the green room. And I'm like, this thing's about to blow. Holy <laughs> So I text my friend and he's like, he's like, you need to tweet this. You, you need to tweet this. This is your moment. This is your moment to be human. And I'm like, no, like I've been fighting this the whole time. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to tweet that I have a pimple. And he actually wrote a tweet, texted it to me and said, tweet this. And I went, oh, God. So I tweeted it. And it said something to the extent of, in a picture of like me and my, my big old crowning pimple, I said, I'm 30 minutes from stage. I'm in the green room. This pimple's about to crown. Do I pop it or not? What the hell do I do? I'm pretty sure that the internet at the hotel broke at that moment because I had more comments. I had team pop it, team don't pop it, all these memes, all these gifts, all this funny stuff. And one of the one of my friends, Winnie's son, said, make up, my friend. So somebody from the green room watching Twitter came over to me and said, I saw your tweet. I have some concealer. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. So she did a little concealer. And then I kick open the doors to go out on the big stage. And I recognized that the entire, it was like 75 feet by 25 feet, this huge LED screen. They were pulling the live feed from the social media on the hashtag. And everywhere on the entire stage was my face with the pimple and the cat was completely out of the bag. And I was like, oh. And I just ran up there. I got the microphone. I'm like, my name is Ryan Fallen. And yes, I have a pimple. Are you ready to go? And the whole place just goes wild. And I'll never forget. I was just like, I'm like, I'm getting all red in the face now. I just like, I was like, who cares if I have a pimple? And I just, I gave maybe the, like one of the just, I just felt it. I was just in the zone. And afterwards, I was walking past the cameraman. He's like, hey, dude, I saw your tweet. I put on an extra film, a film filter. All the dudes knew it, and you can't even see the pimple. And I'm like, yes. So why am I telling you this story? It's because that. that's when I really learned the power of being human. And I still have people who know and see and, and learn about me as a result of that tweet that just went viral. And so... <laughs> For me, to ditch the act is to share that you have a pimple. It's to share that you had a, 
you know, a day. It's to share that you didn't get enough sleep. It's to share all of that along with the exciting stuff that's happening. And the, Ryan, the reason I wanna... why... I want yeah, to look at this from a point of view of us in the audience. We're entrepreneurs. Some are startups. Some just want to scale our business bigger. And we've got fierce competition, as I mentioned earlier. And, and I get this really being real and really being authentic. And I've, I'm getting it myself to a level I've never gotten before. Uh, just the way you, you were vulnerable and just shared it whatever's going on. It was just, it's just amazing. We're not always in this position to do that. And we're afraid. We're afraid. We've got the competition knocking on the door. Literally right today, I've got a scenario where I've got a great product in social media marketing. And I've got a big prospect who is with a client, with a competitor, very happy. And the rate is just like, it's scary. It's a scary low rate. You know, it's like, is it a, is it even a good product? But I'm not going to fake it till we make it, but it's fierce. So I'm like, how would I ditch that act? And, and I'm just saying this for me, because I'm also kind of being a little bit more vulnerable and authentic. How do I, how do I deal with that? And how do we deal with that in the audience with that competition? That's just, it's just devouring us in some places. One word, relatability. People like to do business with people who they relate to. And if you're trying to sell on price, you're going to lose every time. But when you have some, think about people that you do business with, whether it's from somebody who does your, helps you out with your, you know, your gardening to somebody who helps you out with whatever to the guy or person that you've always gone to. There's a reason why you do business with them. And it's because you've built a relationship. And I think that if you're trying to, to ditch the act when you're at the bidding proposal, it's, it's too late. Like it's, it's about, how you form that relationship. And it's very, it's a very hard concept to think about as opposed to actually trying it out. In the book, I talk about five levels of exposure. Level one is the easiest. And I'll share with you an example of how this could work in your sales process of what's happening right now. You hop on a Zoom with them, right? What are they gonna do? They're gonna check in like, hey, how's it going? How are you? Typically, people would be like, it's good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, good. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> there is such an opportunity there to answer the question, how are you, honestly? Because what happens is when you go first, it doesn't happen unless somebody goes first. When you go first, it allows somebody to go second. And so it's like, well, you know, I didn't get the best sleep last night. I'm a little bit, you know, frazzled, or I've got a new setup that I'm working on here. So I'm kind of like, kind of trying to figure it out. Oh, you, you got a new setup too? I was just working on that. What's your setup? What's this? Oh, it's this. I'm using this new camera. Oh my gosh. You got to check out this new camera that I have. Wait, how do I look right? Is that, it's this like, it's this type of honest, like, okay, let our guard down. Cool. All right. Now, what are we talking about? All right. So a level one exposure could be tweeting about a pimple. It could be tweeting about losing your wallet. It could be uh, something that's frustrating you during the day. It could be the fact that your internet dropped at the wrong time because we all can relate to that. So it's not about just like going from, hey, everything's fine to like emotionally throwing up on somebody. That's not the case. To ditch the act is a way of showing up so that you're not necessarily being a different person to that person. And then to your kids, you're another person. And then to your wife, you're somebody else. And then to a new prospect, you're somebody else. We take on all these different like personas. And so mm -hmm. 
when you find that like through line where you can be comfortable being yourself, people will be more comfortable around you. And uh, when it comes to the, when it comes to social, this is a challenge because yeah, you don't want to show weakness. You don't want to show uh, that, that you're having problems or troubles, but here's a question for you and for your audience. What do you think is more important, your experience or your expertise? Hypothetically think, speaking, like, yeah, oh, sure, it could be a combination of both. But for an argument's sake here, do you think people care more about your experience or your expertise? To me, they're almost the same thing because it's experience that allows me to become expert and really good at something, is it not? Mm, could be, but if you were to look at let's say for an example, to color this more, if I was going to read your LinkedIn bio and you listed all of your expertise versus I looked at LinkedIn bio and it talked about your experiences and the good, the bad, and the struggles that you had in order to wow. gain that. What, what do you think has more value from a, you know, a connectivity or from what people value more? I enjoy reading about the experience and it's something that sticks in my mind because the expertise is usually kind of a cookie cutter or done a certain way and it doesn't stick in the mind. But, but that story, for example, the story of your doing that speech with a crowd of hundreds of people and having that pimple, I'm going to remember that. I'm just <laughs> going to remember that for a very, very long time. Right. And I might even, yeah, it's it, as opposed but if, to, but if I told that, you, but if I told you I was a professional keynote speaker, I'm an expert at personal branding, right? There, there's a difference. There's a thousand people that tell me that. So if you try to tell people you're an expert, it sounds sometimes cliche. It sounds a bit buzzwordy. It sounds like you might be trying too hard. It kind of sounds like you might be faking until you make it. Hmm. But if you share people share with people your experiences and little vignettes and little stories at the beginning of a Zoom, at the end of a sales call, in a private conversation with somebody, as a tweet, as a Facebook Live, as a moment that happens in real time, it helps people get to see why other people consider you an expert. It's because you've already made the mistakes. Nobody wants to pay you to make mistakes. They want you to make all the mistakes ahead of time so that you can learn and you can be proficient. And so when you look at ditching the act, think about sharing more of, of the stories behind, the pimples behind the stage presence that you have. And I think that when you start to look at it like that, it's not as scary and it actually is more entertaining. Storytelling is really your, your, your secret power. So how does this all sort of wrap back into to, to, to what we're talking about for your business, for your brand? People want to do business with people who they know, like, and trust. And if you're just saying, I'm an expert, kind of, kind of look at you sideways. If you were to maybe ask me, Ryan, tell me your thoughts on leadership. I was like, well, I think leaders should be, uh, you know, humble. And I think leaders should lead with a servant attitude and da, 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 right. You might be like, okay, he's, he's really going for the checks and the boxes. Ask me what I think about leadership, and I'll show you a different way to answer it. All right, Ryan, you ready? Tell us <laughs> about leadership. <laughs> well, let me tell you a story about when I was not a good leader. <laughs> and I tell you a you story a about how. <laughs> 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 the, the trick is to share your experience. Ah, because I, really, I like that. The, the, th the thing is, 
if you look at, okay, everybody who's listening, go to your bio in your, in your LinkedIn profile and tell me if you read it and you seem like you're a human. I guarantee you're not. <laughs> I'm changing my bio today. I, I like this. This is really good. Give people something I, to relate to. Give them something to relate to. And, it, and it, it's something from your – what do you like to do when you're not working? Like, I, look, I mentioned Catalina. I love to go to Catalina. We are literally fast friends. Like, we've known each other a little bit. But because you because, – because I share that I'd like to go to Catalina, right? And I, I love to sail. And I've got my own sailboat and all this stuff. It's a little piece of me. doesn't have to do with business. But you're like – like 10 minutes later, you're like, hold on a second. I like Catalina. I'm like, no, I like Catalina. And now we're like fast friends about Catalina. Like I trust you more because I think you have good taste in the island destinations. But Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Catalina on you. Okay. My favorite on Catalina is one day for my birthday, my wife surprised me. Drove, drove me we drove. I drove. She took me down to uh, San Pedro Harbor, telling me left, right, turn, straight. And... There we drive up to a parking lot and there's a helicopter. She goes, that's for you. We get in the helicopter, helicopter to Catalina Island. I told you we really love the place. Totally. So again, I said, this is a, this is a Catalina commercial free for them. Tourists for their tourist, uh, tourist season. It's not very much to get on a helicopter and go there, check it out. You will have the time of your life. It's, it's a great way to see the, see that uh, beautiful Island. And if you want a slower path, then you can sail over there. <laughs> yes, I like to take do that too. seven hours. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's all about becoming fast friends with people about things that are relatable. And if all you talk about is business, I don't want to hang out with you. But like if, you, if you're into dogs oh, yeah. or you're into cats and I'm into dogs or I'm into cats, it's like all of a sudden we're fast friends. So the idea of ditching the act is more of a way of life, of letting your guard down a little bit so that other people – can let their guard down with you. Let's talk about teamwork. Let's talk about your team. You tell people, I have an open door policy. Come and talk to me about anything. And then they come in and they're like, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm good. They're like, how are you? You're like, I'm great. I've been doing this. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yep. Great. And the person's like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. Okay. Imagine if somebody walks in, they're like, hey, how are you doing? You're like, actually, it's been a, it's been kind of a stressful day. I've got this that went wrong. I've got that. I got to pick up my kid and like, Oh, it's a little bit overwhelmed right now. And then they go, you're overwhelmed right now? Me too. Ryan, <laughs> I actually kind of want to talk with you about that. Ryan, we are afraid to show we're human. We've been in school. We've been in classes. We were that kid with the basketball that did not fit in the backpack and nobody wanted to play with us. We've had these and it's taught us hard lessons. We're afraid to tell people we've mm -hmm. got that pimple on our forehead or wherever I really like that story. Because we We're think that they're going to judge us. Because we think they're going to judge us. We think they're going to look down on us. We think that they're not They're not going to take us as seriously. But what actually happens is that they see relatable elements. Here's a, here's a good tagline for you, okay? People don't care about your story of success. You mm. might think they do. They don't. If anything, if you're all about your story of success, you're going to put people off. You're going to seem arrogant, and you're going to seem like you're pompous. People care about how they see themselves in your story. Bottom line. Mm. And so when you can share with people with it, you want to be on the cover of Fortune magazine, actually read the article. You know what they do? They talk about all the shit that happened to them along the way, how they overcame all this stuff. And you read it, you're like, wow, that happened to that person? You mean the person you, you mean you mean they got declined by every single publisher 17 times? You mean Oprah didn't just become an overnight success? You mean all the and then you're like, oh. 
I see myself in their story. And that's why people relate to them. So if you're just an ironclad steel, I'm awesome. I drive a Range Rover and I'm badass and I've got the best thing ever. You, you miss that opportunity. And that's it. That's at the core. So the book helps you understand what it looks like to ditch the act. You read the chapter about me and it's like, you get the full story. And afterwards you're like, whoa, this kid has had a lot of stuff happen to him, but I can relate to that one. And then that and that, huh, he's all right. Then we show you why you actually should ditch the act. There's studies, there's proof, there's case studies. There's, there's these examples of real life where people let down their guard and all of a sudden things actually work out. And then there's a process of how, and there's an actual like eight step process. And it starts with knowing who you want to be known for. I'm going to bring this full circle back to branding and why you can have more control over it than you think. I just want I to believe. say one, one yeah. point on that, Ryan, is that here we are. And I mentioned, we talked about this with competitors and how fierce they are. We've got, we have this pressure. And I get where you're going, and I've learned quite a lot already, and it's a really great point of view. It's a brand new point of view for a lot of us, but we're still being beaten by that competition. We've got our bills to pay. We've got obligations. We've got pressure that we have to go produce. We have to be successful. We have to we have to get that deal. So that's on top of us. So. Uh, is there, I, I go with your point, but I want to find out also for the audience, is there, how do we bridge into that? You bridge into that by level, by going first, by building those relationships, by trying it. It's so easy to say, that's not going to work for me until you actually open up a little bit. Try, instead of going and tweeting that you have a pimple, share with your friends or your wife or your, somebody who's close to you and, and see how those conversations open up. Guess what people do when they go home? I read a study that on average, married couples talk something around 27 minutes a week. Like, it's just crazy. Like you go home, you're like, hey, honey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Hey, how was your day? It was busy. Okay, good. Like, like just practice with your significant other. And when they say, hey, how was your day? You're like, let me... Okay, so this is what happened. And then all of a sudden they're gonna be like empathetic and they're gonna, they're gonna give you a hug. They're gonna understand. They're gonna wanna help to support you. You see, if you don't, okay, back to this client, like you're getting crushed by the competition, but you're saying I'm fine. And then you're losing out on the deals and you're like, I'm not gonna tell anybody that I lost that deal. And then you're like, no, I'm just gonna post this and let people think that I'm doing good when you're really not. You're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're closing the window for anybody to help you out. Like if you, if, if we had a candid conversation after this and you're like, dude, Ryan, you know what? I'm really struggling with getting the, the, the audience and the reach that I need with this podcast. It's frustrating. I've been at this thing for six years and I've only got 3 million. I wish I had like five or 10. I'd be like, you know, I got a couple ideas. Maybe I can help and share you out there. I, I can do this. Let me, let me, let me share it for you. Let me do this. Let me do that. As soon as you look at vulnerability as an opportunity to get help, then you actually can, can maybe get somebody else to give you a testimonial to reference why you should close a deal or you give a referral um, to somebody who needs help because they're struggling. And that comes full circle back to you. Like it's, it's really more of an art and science together, but you got to start the experiment. So start it with your friends. The reason why you're so close with your friends is because you don't just always talk business with them. It's because you don't always just tell them everything's great. And so if you want to create a friendship, 
right? So <laughs> speaking of sailing, I, I, I like to look at sailing. And so if you're looking to create a relationship or a partnership or a friendship, okay, it actually takes effort. Like you have to build the boat. You have to go out to sea. You have to have the right gear. You have to know what that looks like. So it does take work, but you have more control. You're at the helm. And I think people feel helpless. And then when you literally like put on and you're faking it, like people can smell it. People can smell it. They can read it. So if you're having a hard time closing a deal, maybe share that with people that might be able to help you close the deal. Because otherwise they don't know that you need help. It's like the person who, um, there's a lot of famous figures who seems like everything's fine only to learn that they take their own life because they're like, there's really demons that they're struggling with. Well, if you would have just let anybody know a little bit, we would have been there to help you out. And so I think the same thing applies with a business who's pretending like everything's fine until it's not. And then they run themselves to the end until they literally fail or bankrupt or do something illegal or something like they, they push their own moral limits versus way ahead of time. They could have seen the storm coming, asked for help, called on the radio for a little SOS and like, let people come to help you. I love that. And you know, with something you mentioned about being relatable and how you doing, oh, I'm doing good. When I was first dating my wife, which by the way, we're going to be together 30 years this December. Early on, I'm, I'm just being myself. I don't even know what I was talking about. But at one point, she said, well, you quit talking about business. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Me? And I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what I was like then. And I just don't talk business with her. <laughs> and so, it works. <laughs> okay. So here's an example. You, you, That was actually like you were being a little vulnerable there. You were sharing that. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all worked out now, but like initially you were kind of like maybe being a little bit not cool and like talking about stuff. She didn't like you open. That's like a level one exposure that lets me share you a story about when I met my wife. And when I first met her, I was in the of all the stuff that was happening, but I still had my car. I still had my house. I still was, was dressing the act. And I was like, before this goes anywhere, I just got to let you know that car's in the process of being repossessed. The house we're going to go home to is in foreclosure. I don't have any money. I don't know how I'm going to make any money time soon, but I just want to throw that out there. And oh, she was wow. like, and she was like, okay. Wow. And that was the foundation of just like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I've been drinking. Maybe I was just like, I, who, what do I have to lose? Right. But that set the foundation for honesty and trust mm. as opposed to like, Hey, Want to take a ride in my Range Rover and come back to my house? It's like, <laughs> so when you start the relationship with authenticity, it will build into something where people begin to get to know you. And back to branding, your content, they're brand crumbs. People, when I, sometimes when I see people like face-to-face -face or Zoom-to-Zoom, -zoom, they tell me they feel like they know me. And that's because they've read my content. They've listened to one of my three podcasts. They've seen me on stage. They've, like, I have enough of my brand crumbs out there. We're like, you can Google me and you find everything about me. Like, I'm not hiding anything. And what that does is it actually lets them get to know me before they meet me. And when you can get people to get to know you before they meet you, 
that sets a foundation for trust. That's why I'll get a referral from somebody and like, I'll close them on the first call. I'll just let them know my pricing and it's already a shoe in because like, I don't have to share anything. Like everything is out there. I'm an open book. And so when you look at it like that versus like trying to hide all the bad stuff, like I'm the first one to tell you that I was involved in an FCC investigation and I've been through it and I am smarter because of it. I am more wise because of it. I know how to do better business because of it. That experience gives me the credibility to be an expert, to speak about things because I've been through that. And if you're afraid, here's another example. I got a DUI and I hid it from my parents for 15 years. Wow. It wasn't until the book was published that they actually realized that it happened. And there was a moment where my mom was like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, I was embarrassed. I was scared. She's like, God, God, I wish you would have told me. I would, we would have helped you out. Like, how, like, so it's that idea of like, if you're, you're hiding stuff because you're afraid people will judge you, but it's like, when you share it, they want to help you. That is a great point. That is a great point. We talked about so much, so many great points. There's so many gems in here. We've kind of about wrapped it up for today. It was just absolutely amazing. I love the stories. I've really learned a bit and I'm going to listen to this again and again. Great points. It, we've heard these words, as I mentioned at the very beginning, we've heard these words, but to really operate on them, to really do them, it's a whole new thing. I just want to thank you. And once again, we talked about Ditch the Act with Ryan Folland. And again, you can find him at ryan.online. Ryan, I just want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. You've opened some doors and I really believe you've helped a lot of our entrepreneurs listening to this. I want to thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Well, if you will allow me, let Please. me just actually wrap this up. Okay. Ryan's going to wrap this up. <laughs> Here is the deal. Let me give it to you real. The key to connection is to learn to reveal because you are not perfect. Neither am I. And that is the exact reason that we see eye to eye because everybody's different, but we are all the same. To be perfectly imperfect is how you win the game. And if you only showcase good and do not share the bad, you will miss connections that you never knew you had. Facegram, Twitter, book, are you LinkedIn? Are you snapping out a TikTok trying to fit in? Stop worrying about everybody else. Focus on being your authentic self because when you learn to ditch the act and learn to be yourself, you open up the window to have people help you out. Mm. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> good, good, good. I like that so much. Ryan, thank you so much. We got to go. Well, I'm sure we're going to have you back again another time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Adios. Thanks, Tony. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took this vision to reality. We talked about Ditch the Act with Ryan Foland. I learned how to be better authentic and real with people and talk about what's really happening, even when I'm doing sales. He's right that you remember the story as opposed to what the person is an expert about. We all speak with authors, consultants, and speakers, and no offense, there are a lot of great people doing that, but it's hearing their individual stories about them that makes them more and more real and thus stand out in the crowd. What do you think? What resonates with you on this? And I do appreciate your listening and I look forward to you tuning in again next week. And please remember supporting this show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I truly appreciate that. And share this with a few friends to help them too. All right, use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, 
and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 